the snap. Looking, flips the ball, diving for the pylon, and he's got it! Razzle-dazzle! Touchdown, Houston! And the Texans go in front! There is no off-season for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. We had a lot of energy, and we brought a lot of spark for this organization. The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Ball is out. The Texans say they have it, and they do! Now, it's Texans All Access. Quarantine continues. We are broadcasting from home sites. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you tonight, separately but together on the airwaves, and let's have some fun this evening as... Everybody's finally home after a long work week. Just kidding. I've seen a bunch of jokes like that and nothing to joke about with this coronavirus going on around our world. But you see the social media stuff. People try to make the best of the situation and people try to avoid the illness and just get through this as quickly as possible. Let's bring in Johnny now who, Johnny, how's your vacation? You've been on vacation this week and I feel bad that this was the (laughs) vacation week. I think we have to give you vacation credit coming up a little bit later on when this thing no, ends. Come on, man. We're, we're, we're doing what we do, man. We talk ball. We talk Texans. We talk about the NFL. I mean, this, you know, this is what we do, man. It's been, it's been a tremendous week uh, down, down uh, where we are. And we've had a good time. We had one day with rain. And other than that, we've had really nice weather. And so it's, it's been other than, Oh, we had another visitor about a few houses down a live rattlesnake today that oh, Galveston PD Galveston PD had to come out and take care of it. So and that, it was a little freaky. That's two in uh, about I think two in three days. Um, but other than that, it's it's been good. Uh, we just you know been down here and you know it's it's it goes to show that you can do some things remotely. Obviously in our business, you have the right equipment, you can do it. But you know we just love talking ball and you and I love doing it together. So it's it's been good. It's actually made for uh, a pretty a pretty fun vacation week down here for sure. Good. Well, for uh, for a lot of people, working at home has its challenges. Everyone's joking about the distraction of the kids and everything like that. I tweeted about that, the show promo tweet, about an hour or so ago with uh, Vanderkid, too. Look, it's it's all good. We're talking about football. We are blessed to be able to do this. I know the coronavirus is such a big deal in people's lives, and I continue to remind people that if you need to get some kind of medical opinion but don't want to go in and you have some symptoms, go to that My Methodist app. It's such a great way to find out some information on what could be going on with you before you would venture in because we all know if you go into a medical facility right now, they're going to take your temperature. Maybe it could be time-consuming, whatever. You don't want to clog things up for people who are really, really, really sick. But anyway, let's hope uh, let's hope you stay healthy. I mean, I know not everyone can with this situation going on, but we'll get through it together. All right, Johnny, uh, as far as big news today, there wasn't much big news regarding the Texans. There was a reported signing in Jalen Watkins, a defensive back who has played for the L.A. Chargers, among others. So tell me about him, what he might possibly do for this team. And let me guess, special teams could come into the equation. Yeah, I would think special teams do come into the equation, Mark. But I think for Watkins, you know, it's interesting talking about the Eric Murray signing and then talking about Jalen Watkins trying to improve uh, that, that safety position. And you think back to the different points during the 2019 season where, I mean, I think it was the Colts game where Deshaun Gibson got banged up and he went out of the game. Uh, you know, Justin Reed was obviously dealing with that labor all year long. So 
they they had opportunities there for safeties to have to step in and, and make some plays. And, you know, I've, I've liked Jalil Adai and what he was able to bring to this team and the fire that he played with. I think with a guy like Jalen Watkins, uh, you know, just going back and watching him a little bit today, I think you get a little bit more range. I think he's a guy that you could play in center field, you know, if Justin's going to play near the box. And, 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 you know, Romeo Cornell liked to do some things with Justin. And I would imagine that, Anthony Weaver is going to probably want to do some similar things, if not more, with Justin. You know, bring him on a blitz, having Justin cover at tight end. Well, if you got to put Jalen Watkins back in the middle of the field, you know, he's played a lot of that with with uh, the Chargers playing that middle of the field safety. It's about six foot, uh, about one ninety five, kind of kind of a wiry build. You know, a guy that can move. He's played uh, for the Eagles. He played for the Chargers. You know, the injury in twenty eighteen um, that was that was a frustrating one because I really felt like going to the Chargers in 2018, he was going to have an opportunity to play and play a decent amount next to Derwin James, the rookie in 2018, but then he gets hurt. Then when James was out with an injury, then Watkins had to step up and make some plays uh, last year. And, you know, we saw him uh, in the game. He'd come in during uh, nickel situations against us in that week three game. So, you know, he's done some things. He's not, I don't think he's going to be asked, you know, people are, is he going to start? He's going to, no, I think he's going to be just another key cog on this defense kind of like a guy like Jalila Dye was last year um, I don't think he ends up being a starter but I, he has started before so having a guy that you can put in that defensive backfield meeting room that has some pelts on the wall he has some starts he has been around the league since 2014 uh, when he came to the league from the University of Florida having a guy like that I think ends up being invaluable especially at that safety position and you know, the, the one thing I always ask myself, Mark, is when you see some of these free agent signings, does that give you any sort of indication what they might do in the draft? And, you know, thinking of the safety position in the draft, uh, I, depending on how you classify Isaiah Simmons, uh, and, and he's the freakiest athlete of all, um, but I do think if you did decide, okay, look, Jalen Watkins is kind of a, you know, he's a guy that we have, he's not going to be a starter, but you know, do we need to look at a young safety? I do think that there are some safeties that they could look at in the second and third round that make some sense, some really good athletes. You know, a guy like Ashton Davis from out of Cal is a tremendous athlete. You know, at number 40, you know, maybe there's an opportunity that Grant Delpit from LSU, I don't think it would happen, but maybe he falls uh, in the draft a little bit. Maybe he's sitting there at the top of the second round. You know, a guy from New Orleans that spent a lot of his high school years after moving here for, from Katrina – uh, went to St. Thomas, went to Lamar, uh, and then ended up going to IMG for his final year before he went to LSU. Kyle Duggar uh, from Division II, Lenore Ryan. These are big guys that can all blitz, uh, do a lot of different things, play in the middle of the field and tackle. So I think the safety position has got some players that if they want to look in the draft to add to what they're putting back there with Jalen Watkins, with Eric Murray. I think there's an opportunity to do that, but getting Watkins on what the reported deal is like one year, $3 million, I mean, that's I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's nothing. I mean, $3 million is definitely not nothing. But I do think it's an indication of, okay, look, this is a vet, and we think this guy can, can help us in, in more than just on the field sort of ways. And maybe there is a young guy coming into the mix that can really help that group back there. So uh, I'm, I'm still curious as to how, kind of all, how it all comes together because this draft is going to be uh, as important as, as any of the Texans have had in recent memory because they don't have a first-round pick. But – two seconds, a third, uh, two fourths, I believe. So, you know, they've got, they've got some 
picks in the top you know, 140 or 150 you know, that they can do some damage with that have got to come in and start making some plays early on for sure. As a free agent signing, Jalen Watkins is a the guy they're going to get a lot of looks, I think, in training camp depending on – and that's the other thing, Mark. I don't know when Justin's going to be ready. So you're going to get Jalen Watkins, a, a, I would think, a lot of reps in training camp to see what you have in him and where he fits in to this ultimately uh, for Anthony Weaver's defense. Well, I was going to say, Justin might not be ready for OTAs, but uh, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Yeah as the way things are going indicates maybe nothing and uh, they an indefinite uh, halt of off season or organized team activities in the off season so we'll see how all that goes but let's hope he's ready for training camp certainly ready for the regular season and you brought up a die's name look when a die signed with this team we thought all right good you know he started that playoff game for the chargers when they beat the ravens in baltimore and everything and i said his name a lot you know i, I I don't always base my evaluation on that, but if I say a guy's name a lot, uh, that tends to be a pretty good thing. He's making plays, and he made a lot of plays for this team. So uh, I know there are different kinds of players, but maybe he can uh, help. Maybe Watkins can help. And, you, Johnny, you brought up the draft, and would they go safety? Would they not? Uh, a lot of people talk corners, wide receiver, of course, now that they, ha- they have this situation at wide receiver. Look, with the first four picks, two seconds, a third, and a fourth, uh, I would have to think receiver, corner, safety could be in there, but we'll see how they play it. Uh, you know, who else do you think? What other position group do you think could be addressed in the first four rounds of the draft, provided there's no trade? Because I still think Bill O'Brien, and I hinted yeah. at it this morning, I more than hinted at it, that, man, if a player leaks into that early second round area, it's going to be very difficult, the temptation to move up, for all teams really, but the temptation to move up from that eighth pick, what is it, the eighth pick in the second round, uh, yes. might be very great to uh, get whoever you find very attractive on day two. Yeah, you know, Mark, and, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about the wide receivers, and I think that's one that uh, you look at for sure, and I think for two reasons. One, DeAndre Hopkins now in Arizona. Number two, this is a – really deep wide receiver class and people have talked about that you know throughout and the thing that I like about it is they kind of come in all shapes and sizes but the ones to me that you could look at in round two and three I think you can end up getting a back end of the first round talent uh in the second round but definitely at number 40 and even maybe at 57 because there's so much depth and you know not everybody's taking a receiver, and, and that might be part of it. There might be teams going, look, we know we can get a receiver later, so let's just push this down the road a little bit. Let's go get, I don't know, interior linemen, whether it's not that deep a draft. Maybe they do that first. They do something else first, edge rush or whatever the case might be. Um, but I do think receivers got to be up there. There's no doubt about that. I think with the signings of Roby and with Conley coming back, bringing back Vernon Hargraves, I do think that corner is going to be up there. I, I do think that's going to be something that they're going to continue to have to look at. And I think what we're seeing, Mark, and, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, but it feels like just watching two things. Number one, what this receiver class looks like, looking at the receiver groups for NFL teams throughout the league, and then looking what's happening to running backs in the league. And you go, this has definitely become a passing league. You can't completely go away from the run. And if you can run it uh, and show some balance, then you've got an opportunity to be very good. But we're seeing running backs, guys that we thought were really good running backs, take deals that, you know, number three wide receivers are getting. So I do think, and you're seeing in college, you're seeing teams play four wide receivers all the time. So 
players are getting groomed uh, even better at that wide receiver position, starting all the way back to high school. So I do think, and, and the flip side of that is, well, you got to have somebody to cover them. So you've also got a ton of corners. So I just kind of feel like you can't have enough corners. So I think those that wide receiver and corner become very attractive in round two. Um, mm. I think that interior defensive line, because of what I think is better depth than some people think. I think the interior defensive line has got some players. Now, I do think the, the, the bulk of the, the talent, really the value, is really in rounds two and three, uh, probably more so in two. Um, guys like Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma, Jordan Elliott from Missouri, Ross Blacklock, TCU, Jordan Elliott from Missouri, Justin Matabike from Texas A&M. Those guys kind of all in that mix um, to be right there in the second round. I mean, those guys give you some interior pass rush. So I, I could see the Texans saying, look, the cornerback depth and the interior defensive line depth is not near as great as it is for wide receiver. We need to attack these positions, and then still in the third round, we could still get a really good wide receiver to go with what we've got. Now, people will freak out. Um, that's kind of how people will, you know, you know how people, you know, how people yep. are, um, and fans are, they'll be like, wait a second, you have to, and, and you just kind of have to play the value in the draft. Um, and you, and you might be able to get a really good talent, maybe late back into the first talent in the third round at wide receiver potentially. So, um, I think those are three positions they'll definitely look at. And, you know, I know they've brought in David Johnson at running back, but, there's one guy I want to. Uh, we'll talk about when we talk about the receiver draft class that might be very attractive at number forty because of all that he can do, and he might be able to check a lot of different boxes for you. And that might be somebody available at forty who would be really intriguing in this offense. So we'll talk about that later. But I don't know the running back. What a tease! Maybe, oh my gosh! Yeah. Did you just? Like, all right, so you're just I you're did, just teasing yes. inappropriately. I mean, come on. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. We'll we'll get to that. But let me let me throw something out. You brought something up about the D line depth. How many do you keep? You sometimes keep five, right, in a three four right. base fifty three man roster. And I know the fifty five thing isn't going to happen till twenty twenty one or whenever they go seventeen right. games, right? Uh, so you have to still play it carefully. You might only keep five. You have four right now with Watt, Amenahu, Dunny, Blackson, right? You have other yeah. options there. And I'm not saying you can't get better from there or won't get better or won't acquire somebody. But, man, I mean, after a while you have to really uh, make some tough decisions, especially in the first half of the draft, really, as to what you really need. Look, Gain said, yeah, you do. He finally admitted in this organization you do draft on need. Maybe you know best available player for need. Uh, Rick Smith said you don't draft on need, but clearly they did from time to time. But it was best available player in need. I don't know what O'Brien thinks because he hasn't talked about it much as a GM type guy. Uh, what his philosophy is going to be when he gets there, but I got to think that uh, you know need is going to play a role here. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you you, you talk about you know what you're going to have up front. I I just think. It may also depend, Mark, and we would see this. Uh, we've seen the Texans over the years do this. You know, depending on who they were playing that particular week would determine, okay, is Joel Heath going to be active or not for this game? Well, you're playing the Titans, and the Titans are going to run the football. So, okay, we need Joel Heath. Maybe we can do with one less defensive back. Or, uh, you know, he's facing the Chiefs. So you want to have as many interior pass rushers as possible and maybe, uh, you know, a guy that's a little bit better run stuffer 
ends up being uh, inactive for that particular week. So I think it still, you know, comes down to some game plan decisions. But the more guys that you have that can rush the quarterback from anywhere on the field, those guys, to me, end up getting – they're going to get top dollar. They're going to get more reps. They're going to get more opportunities on third downs. And look, let's let's be brutally honest. You look at a guy like DJ Reader. DJ ended up getting the amount of money he did from Cincinnati because he showed in his final year that he did have the wherewithal to rush the quarterback at least just a little bit. If he wouldn't have even shown that, I don't think he would have gotten that contract from the Cincinnati Bengals. But because he showed he could rush just a little bit, not not he didn't become JJ Water, Aaron Donald on the inside, but he showed he could rush a little bit, and that I think is what really caught the eye of the Cincinnati Bengals and and other teams, I'm sure. So if you can rush a little bit, you're such a commodity, especially on the inside. So I think it becomes really, really interesting what they end up doing um, on the inside. But I've seen some dudes on the inside. Oh, my goodness. I mean, between – I was watching Jordan Elliott from Missouri today. I watched Neville Gallimore a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, wow, there's some guys that can really get after it from the inside. And that's not something we've seen a lot of in previous drafts, these guys on the inside, they know how to rush and get after it. Plus, Neville Gallimore, to me, is a guy I would love because he's Canadian, and I would love to have a Canadian in that locker room for no other reason just to hear his accent. I mean, that would be kind of cool. But uh, there, I think there are some options in the interior defensive line uh, draft class uh, that make it pretty interesting. But I think it just goes back to, you know, who are you playing? Who are you playing, and what do you need on that particular day? Look, we know the staples. We know what giving everybody healthy, Watt, who those two have got to be on the field. You know, Blackson and Dunny, you'd think those four are going to be active most of the time. Who ends up being at fifth? Well, maybe that ends up being a rookie that they, they're able to find in round two, three, maybe even four. All right, John Harris stays with us. The mystery player at number 40, you're going to share that with us. I'm promising the audience. And also, yes. I tweeted this out there about football. We, we've talked about football movies a lot. It's always a fun subject. But football documentaries – that are available to everyone virtually that you can watch over the weekend because you are dying for sports entertainment. And you give me your top two or three. I'll give you my top two or three. People can chime in on Twitter. I want to do that next along with mystery player number 40 and whatever else happened this week because a lot did. It's Texans Radio. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. Welcome back to The Conversation. It's Texans All Access on Texans Radio. Oh, yeah. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. We're live. I'm at home. Johnny's somewhere having a little vacay. And uh, are you coming home next week? You're going to be out. Look, you're, you're able to pretty much do whatever you do at work the way work is set up right now, wherever you are right now, Johnny. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we may actually, uh, end up staying down here for a little bit. We're not that far away. We're actually, mm-hmm. um, not that far away from, from what it would be a normal commute. But then again, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what What's a normal? normal commute. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. is normal. So, uh, so we might, we might stay down here and continue to do stuff. There are no distractions. I can tell you that. Although I guess the beach is sort of a distraction. Um, but other than that, man, it's, we, we may, we may stay down here. I've been watching watching film in the morning i get up and you know the waves crashing behind me and i'm watching jordan elliott from missouri take on university of florida and uh cj henderson at corner for the university of florida so uh it's 
it's it's not bad, Mark. I mean, it's 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 uh it's not bad. But uh, love go- hopping on doing radio, and would love to get back to some sort of normal at some point um, here pretty soon. But I know that's probably a long way off, and just be patient, and hopefully we can uh, we can get there soon. Boy, we have great partners with the Texans, like like Xfinity. Uh, who they've opened up the Wi-Fi for everyone. Hotspots across the country have been opened up, so they're available to anyone who needs them for free, including non-Xfinity Internet subscribers. How about that? And they're pausing the data plan, so that's going to enable everyone to get on and use as much as they need. And uh, a lot of Internet essentials free to new customers. So uh, Internet essentials, you can find out more if you're an Xfinity customer. Up, up to 60 days, they're making those available. So... A whole lot of technical stuff going on here, but Xfinity helping out. We mentioned Houston Methodist with the My Methodist app. And if you go to HoustonTexans.com, we're telling you more about how our partners are helping out as much as you possibly can during this difficult time as we all try to get to through coronavirus together. All right, Johnny, I promise this. The football docks. And we've talked about football movies over the years at any given Sunday and Rudy and Remember the Titans and all the great ones out there. And if you haven't seen those, my gosh, by the way, you and I talk about millennials and what they have and have not seen, millennials and Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Remember the Titans is one of those films that a lot of people haven't seen with Denzel? I would, based on I would think story? so. I would think so. I would Jeez. think that there are some millennials that haven't seen it. Uh, but it's, I mean, there are certain ones that are that are must watch. Is that the best uh, Remember one? Remember the Titans. It, mm, boy, it's that's it's right good. up there. It's right yeah. up there. It's I mean, gotta be a top three. I mean, Varsity Blues. It's just a state of high school football. I mean, it's, it's Texas high school football, and the main character goes to Brown. I, I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of right up there for me. Yeah. Um, but I think as far as just general viewing, I don't know how you beat Remember the Titans. It's, Is the show Friday Night Lights? Varsity Blues and the movie Friday Night Lights had a baby, and the show Friday Night Lights came out. Is that what happened? In your kind opinion. of, sort of, yeah, kind yeah. of, sort of. I did not, and I've said this before. I do, I did not like Friday Night Lights the movie. Mm-hmm. I loved Friday Night Lights the TV show. Loved it. I mean, my wife at the last episode, the series finale. I mean, I just looked over and she's just boohooing, and I'm kind of right there with her, like, oh, it's, uh, we think we were upset that it was over. I've only uh, seen like was, two episodes, oh. by the way. I've only seen oh. two episodes. I've seen the one with Mac Brown because that one was really yeah. early, like maybe the first or yeah, second the, one. It was the first one, yeah. Okay, and uh, that's about it. So, And I, I actually met uh, Kyle, what's his name? Jeez, Kyle oh, Chandler. Chandler. Yeah, so I met him at a hotel in Austin. I just ran into him at the pool, and uh, the, they were there. He was there doing something something in the entertainment world, and I talked to him for a while and um, exchanged – well, not exchanged. I got his number to get him on the show, but it never happened for some reason. Anyway, the, uh, you know me. I was on the varsity name-dropping team in high school, so I can't resist an opportunity to do that. But anyway, enough about the movies. Quickly, the docs, before we get to your mystery player at number 40. Uh, you give me one. I'll give you one. Uh, let me go first here. Okay. I'm going to say – all right, so there's so many good ones, obviously. There's so many good 30 for 30s. The NFL Network does a great job with these, a football life. And and I think yes. that they're all pretty good. I mean, I think they're all really good, actually. I mean, some of these stories are just mind-blowing. Uh, but I, I go back to that Houston 93. You want to talk about something that, especially younger people who weren't around Houston then or maybe not even born yet, 
1993 Oilers season very well chronicled. It wasn't a, a football life series, but it's an NFL Network thing, I believe. Check it out. Houston 93. Definitely worth your time to watch. You see a lot of great footage of Houston in 1993, uh, how crazy the Oilers were then. And, you know, it's just a couple of years before they leave. And that wild season, and you see McLean, you see Mark Berman, you see a lot of interesting people that you know now, but it's definitely worth the time, right? I That's one of the best ones. It, mm-hmm. And it's one of the best football life documentaries. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. And it, you just – I wasn't living in Houston at that time. That was my senior year in college. But because it was, it was my team. They were, they were my team. So – I was there that night when Buddy Ryan went after Kevin Gilbride. But, Mark, this just shows you how different things are from what they were. I had no idea what happened until I got home. And my dad says, man, that was pretty crazy tonight, huh? And I was like, yeah, well, I mean, the Oilers won pretty handily. And he goes, no, no, no. He said, um, what happened on the sideline? I'm like, what? What do you mean what happened on the sideline? And then, of course, you can't go to YouTube. You can't go to your DVR. Oh, gosh, you can't go anywhere. Right. i got to wait for Sports Center to come on to see what happened. I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? What's going on with this team? And then, of course, you know, two weeks later, they end up losing. But the story is just un- it's unbelievable. I will give you one, and it's, again, by NFL Films. It's not my favorite, but it's up there. And I just happened to watch it, and it's on – uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's called All or Nothing. And I've seen they started in 2015 with the Cardinals. Then 2016 was the Rams. 2017 was the Cowboys. 2018 was the Panthers. And pretty interesting. One of the Panthers, I think it may have been Greg Olson, tweeted the, the cover of the All or Nothing, and it's the six captains. This is from the 2018 season. It's six or even seven captains. They're all gone, Mark. They're all gone. Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, Greg Olson, Ryan Khalil, Julius Peppers, Thomas Davis, and one other, and they're all gone. All gone. That was 2018. Wow. We haven't gotten to the 2020 season yet. So in 2019, and it's funny because they got this one out there really early. They did the Philadelphia Eagles, and I was like, I was really interested in it because if you knew how the Eagles season went, you know they got to the playoffs. You knew in the playoff game that Josh McCown had to go into that playoff game. Mark, there, I, there's an episode that I watched Josh McCown. I'm like, I want that guy on my team. I, I need him on my team. And then there is a shot of him in the final episode coming off the field. He's 40 years old. He's never played in a playoff game. And he has just played in a playoff game. He tore his hamstring at some point during the game. He's trying to fight through it. I remember. And he literally just gave everything he had. And there's a moment in the scene and you just go, oh, my God. And I, I just – it blew my mind. And NFL Films captured the whole thing. And it's all or nothing on the Eagles. And it's outstanding. It is, it's outstanding. The all or nothing series is really good. I love the one they did on Manchester City. That's why I'm a City fan. But the one they did on the Eagles for 2019 season is – it, it's exceptional. Last but it's episodes, a series. You know, this. So is, I, I'm going to disqualify this as football documentary no. because it's a series. It's like saying, what's a good TV special? And someone says Seinfeld. That's a series. You have to pick, like, it's, one okay. thing. All right. All right. I'll give you one, then. Okay, All right. This give me is one. My, this is my favorite. This is an old one. 
but it's called The Last Game. And I think you can get it on YouTube. It's, it's old. It's from the 1999 season, so it goes back. Everybody, well, you may know Mike Patton Jr., who is the right. defensive coordinator for the Packers. When we went up to play the Cleveland Browns last in 2014, he was the head coach of the Browns. Well, in 1999, he's the head coach of a, of a team in Pennsylvania. His team is number two in the state. And the team that's number one is coached by his dad, who has this juggernaut of a team. And the documentary follows that team all the way through the season. And they have won two straight state championships. They've gone 15-0, and 15-0, and and they're trying to go 15-0 and for the third time and go 45-0 and over three seasons. And, they, and it's this it's this unbelievable story how they get there. And then in the championship game where they play, do you remember the name Bob Sanders? Who at sure. the time was going by his real name, Damone Sanders, was playing for uh, Erie Cathedral Prep in Pennsylvania. And this championship game defies description. And it's an incredible, like, I mean, it's just built. And it's a documentary. It's a documentary. So it's one all the way through, hour and a half. Okay. And I think you can that get counts. it on, on – on YouTube, it's good. It counts. That it counts. counts. So Bob Sanders sounds like the name of somebody who should be doing your taxes, not somebody who should be <laughs> knocking people out as a safety. He was Damone Sanders. I actually think that works better. Isn't Damone the guy in Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Am I forgetting I think so, that? Yeah, Am I getting that it's right. It's spelled Maybe. differently, but it, it's spelled differently, but it's pronounced. It's pretty much the same. Okay, where's Sean Pendergast when you need him? My goodness. <laughs> Uh, there's so many good ones out there. Look, if you just go to a football, I have football life on record and they run them all the time. So you get like a backlog of 20 and I have to delete them because I know they're going to run them all again. But, um, I I love the one on Doug Flutie because I'm a Flutie fan. If you go to some of the old timers, Dan Marino, uh, that 1984 special though, and that might have been a timeline, not a football life put out by NFL network and NFL films, 1984. Oh, I got another one. Yeah, it's a good one. It was a a turning point year in the league because a lot of people thought the league was uh, headed on a downward spiral, uh, certainly a downward trend. And then Marino bursts onto the scene and throws for a gazillion yards. Over, did he have over five thousand yards in '84? I believe he did. Nineteen eighty-four. Yeah, that was sick. I mean, he's the one guy that. And look, I love Dan Fouts, and I've said this many times. And he made the three hundred-yard game routine when it wasn't. But Dan Marino made – he put up numbers that were astronomical at the time and certainly still hold up today. His 84 season would hold up today as a top two or three season. You know, it's kind of like what I do with Andre Ware's numbers in 1989 and put him in today's college football world. <laughs> yes. um, you know, yes. And he's, he's always like top three in the, in the country uh, in today's world, which is saying something back then because he only played in so many games and didn't have a bowl game. And these guys – 12 games, plus maybe a championship and a poll. So uh, I, I find it interesting with those guys who put up gazillions of yards and touchdowns back in those days. What's your other one? Okay, when you said that one about 1984, that triggered maybe my favorite NFL films, NFL Network documentary was it turned, it was a 30 for 30, but they did it in conjunction with ESPN. It was called Elway to Marino. And it oh, tells yeah, yeah, the yeah, story yeah. of the 1983 first round yep. with all those quarterbacks and all those players drafted. And, of course, it starts with Elway. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't finish with Marino, but it tells the story all the way through. The last draft pick of that first round was Daryl Green of the Washington Redskins. 
And it was a dra- it was a draft loaded with these stars and mm-hmm. six quarterbacks. And then there were these players that were, you know, in there like, wait a second, who is Michael Haddix? And why did the Eagles draft him? So it's it's this it's really really well done because Marvin Demoff, the agent for both Elway and Marino, gets out his notebook and he took all he took these notepads yeah. he took these notes over the whole thing, you know, who he talked to, what they wanted to talk about. Uh, there was this Bears Raiders trade that was trying to be consummated so that the Raiders could then draft Marino. And it, it, Demov had all the behind-the-scenes stuff for it, and it was absolutely fantastic. And they talked to Marino. They talked to Elway. Elway to Marino, that's one of the that's, – that's up there for me. That is definitely up there. It's really good. Yeah, and when you look at that class, the class of 83, Todd Blackledge turns out to be a pretty good TV announcer. Didn't do much yeah. as a quarterback. He might have made the playoffs with the Chiefs. I'm not sure. Ken O'Brien definitely made the playoffs with the Jets and played for a while, but eh. Tony Eason, who didn't want to be on the special, he was not interviewed, actually played at a Super Bowl, all right, for the New England Patriots, lost badly. But he won three playoff games along the way, helped the team win, and he made at least one other postseason with the Patriots. But he didn't want to be in the show. You know, it's kind of weird the way all that broke out. All right, we have one more segment, and uh, I'll read any other suggestions that have come in for your weekend entertainment on uh, television, as they used to call it. Just the flat screen, the TV, put it on the big screen. I don't know. I mean, I get videos on my phone now. It's like, do you want to send it to the patio TV? I'm like, do I have a patio TV? <laughs> anyway, uh, coming up, your mystery player at number 40, who they might target. You never know. And uh, we have a lot of different ideas and a long way to go before we get to the NFL draft. But we always talk about this stuff on Texans All Access. Can't get enough Texans radio? We've got shows. We've got podcasts. We've got interviews. It's all on HoustonTexans.com. You're listening to Texans All Access. For the latest stories and videos on your Houston Texans, check out HoustonTexans.com. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you live. Sylvester Turner tweets out, let's all remember to wash our hands, order takeout food. To try and create hysteria in this time is a crime. We are taking this seriously. And he keeps talking about no lockdown, no lockdown. So that's good because I know a lot of rumors have gone out there about a full Houston lockdown. Look, I don't know if the nation's going to be on lockdown or whatever. I mean, a lot of different things could be in play. This is language I never even dreamed of saying, Johnny, 10 days ago. But here yeah. we are talking about it. Uh, and let's hope let's hope not. Let's hope no lockdown. Let's, let's keep as many businesses open and operating as humanly possible while we try to keep each other safe because I think it's uh, – it's horrible what's happening to a lot of businesses right now, and we won't know the full damage, the full effect for a while, but some of our friends and families, neighbors are feeling it instantly right now, so let's do what we can to support them. That's uh, that's what I'm trying to do, and I, I hope everybody can do the same. I know some people are listening right now, they're hurting. Um, I mean, I've seen so many funny things on social media about being home and home with the kids, and oh my gosh, can I, I'm homeschooling the kids. Can I transfer them to another school? You know, stuff like that. Uh, And I get it, but there are a lot of people feeling some real serious stuff right now, and our hearts go out to you. Yeah, exactly, Mark. You said it uh, as best anybody could. That's 
that's obviously the part of this because we've seen those and and uh you know my kids have been with us um you know they've been out here with with me and, and there's been a comfort having them out here now obviously they're a little bit older um but it's there's been a comfort in having them there my brother-in-law who's in charlotte uh, been basically traveling the world uh as a ceo of a multinational company he came back to charlotte and we were kind of texting back and forth today and just you know, he said there's a comfort in having everybody back home, just knowing yeah. where everybody is and, and, and feeling that with family. But, but you're right. There are a lot of people in different industries wondering, you know, is my restaurant going to make it? Uh, you know, is my airline going to make it? Um, is my business going to make it? You know, all those, all those things. And it's just a really unusual time in such a you, – you mentioned it earlier at the beginning of the show. You know, what's, what's normal? You know, what's normal? What's, what's going to be our normal – um, when when we get beyond this, and and, and I don't know, and I I'm I'm, fe- I'm fearful of that, and, and yet hopeful uh, at the same time. But you're you're exactly right, and and I've seen our buddy Sean Pendergast going out to various uh, places in the Houston area and getting takeout food, um, trying to support you know smaller businesses and and those kind of things. And I just think that's such a, a tremendous effort. And uh, Sean, you know, always kind of thinks that way. And it's funny when you start talking about where we were ten days ago. I mean. I mean, I started the week with Seth at, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning on Monday, yeah. Mark, and we, we were hearing it. It was out there, but, you know, nothing really had had really hit us, so to speak, yet. And then it was the rodeo closing, and you went, oh, wait a second. Holy smokes. This thing yeah. is hitting really, really Huge. close to home. So that's yeah. what it really, I think, changed for, you know, a lot of people. And, look, you've got some, some young uh, whippersnappers, millennials or Gen Zs out there that are on spring break and like, I'm going to live my life and have spring break. And, you know, then you find out that somebody that was on spring break or went to some big festival, you know, in a spring break area ended up, uh, you know, there are four or five people that ended up contracting coronavirus from that. And you go, yeah, I guess it is real, huh? So, yeah, you got to stay uh, away know. from that. Oh, my God. Yeah, Some of the beaches exactly. in Florida, Johnny. I mean, please, oh. go to the fire Festival. Get out of here. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, just – oh, I'll give you one. My brother works for a small venture capital firm in San Francisco, and so not too many people in the office. And I talked to him last night. He was so matter-of-fact. He's like, oh, yeah, I've got it. He goes, everybody in my office has it. I'm like, what? He said, yeah, we all oh travel internationally. We've had it. And uh, and he said he said only one guy got kind of, you know, sick where it's like he's really yeah. got to be home and in bed and really riding it out that way like a, a real, you know, flu, uh, a pretty right. bad flu. He said everybody else, it's, uh, you know, they're just powering through it separately and, and they're just going in separately. Uh, from time to time and working from home. But he said, you know, so many people in California have it, uh, and and we read about so many positives. And, look, this is about to be me talking and not the organization. Uh, the, he said the the thing about the death rate is this. You have so many um, you have so many people who have it who will not get tested, right? And the right. death rate is measured against the known positives. And that doesn't take anything away from the severity and the seriousness of what this whole thing is about. But the percentage might not be accurate because you have so many positives out there. People like him are like, I'm not going to get tested. We have a, a friend, uh, you know, a close friend of our family who's riding it out in Galveston, not you, uh, riding it out in maybe your neighbors or whatever, yeah. but riding it out somewhere where it's like he's with his family and they're just going to stay two, three weeks and just get through it. And he's not getting tested. He just he feels very confident he has it. And I think there are a lot of people like that out there. Look, again, let's just hope we get through it. I just don't think we can afford as a society 
to uh, to keep things shut down too much longer. So I'm hoping that uh, somehow some miracle happens. I was hoping it was the malaria drug. We'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm with you. Fingers crossed. Trying to just follow what uh, you know the CDC and different health organizations have said. Social distancing. And I'm probably about as far away from people as you can be. Mm-hmm. So I think I have yep. uh, our, me, me and my family have definitely done that for sure. Yeah, I know. And we're, we're all doing it as well. We're not gathering with other people and everything. Uh, just staying with the family and, and keeping it close, keeping it small. Anyway, uh, the, the mystery player, give me a guy. You teased this earlier in the show. I did. And for those of you waiting, I really apologize. We've been talking blue streak here. It's Friday night. We're, you know, we're just loose and stream of consciousness type radio. But give me a player at 40 who plays receiver who might be attractive. Well, this is a guy, and I almost hesitate in bringing him up because he. Uh oh. <laughs> and I'll tell you why, but okay. I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you why I would love him, and he can basically play any position on a football field. I'm convinced, outside of obviously offensive defensive line, I think he could play any position on a field. We have seen him play any position on the offense. You and I, Mark, sat in 2018, and we watched this guy against Nebraska, take a snap, throw the ball, line up in the slot, line up in running back, line up out wide at wide receiver, and play every single position out on the field. And Nebraska had no answer for him. And his name is Visca Chenault. And I, at the time I saw him, I'm like, that guy is – he's made for what our league is going to be. And the, then he went, got nine games in and then got injured and missed the end of the 2018 season, came back in 2019, and the new coaching staff didn't ha- wasn't as productive, you know, banged up a little bit, and that's my worry is that uh, he's got some injury past, uh, and, of course, we know at that position how much we've got to have guys healthy, uh, mm-hmm. considering, you know, Will Fuller has missed games, a number of games, and half a season in 2018. But if you have LaVisca Chenault healthy on a field, there's so much you can do with him. You can play him as a perimeter wide receiver. I mean, the guy is 6'1", 227. You can put him in the, in, the, in the backfield. And there was a game, and I can't remember which one it was. It may have been Arizona State. It was late in the game. It was like a fourth and two. And Colorado just put him in the backfield and talked it to him and said, go get us two yards. And he did. It was like he was like your short down, short yardage running back. He was your deep threat. He was your catch and run guy. He was the guy you wanted the ball in the hands of uh, for Colorado, LaVisca Chenault. And he comes from DeSoto, so he's from Texas. But he, he went to the combine, and he ran a 4-5-4. And everybody's kind of like, man, that's just not as fast as I expected. Well, then we found out a few days later that he's having surgery on a core muscle issue. He's supposed to be ready by training camp. And then, again, we have no idea when training camp is taking place. So he's supposed to be healthy by the time everything gets rolling this summer. But because he has an injury history, I think that has probably pushed him down boards for some teams because they just don't they just don't know. And obviously for the Texans, you sit there and go, Oh man, this guy's a talented dude. Now, I would have never thought at fifty seven. But at number forty, there's a possibility. And there are some guys that I think would not have gotten the fifty seven. And LaVisca Chenault is one of them. And he's a guy that would get me really excited about what this offense could be because, man, you could do some stuff with him. Another guy that I love. Now, he doesn't have have the greatest hands in the world, but it's not like he's 
you know, going to drop everything thrown his way is Jalen Rieger from out of TCU. You look at him and you think he's a slot receiver. He's just a hair short of 5'11", but he is 206 pounds, so he's kind of built like a running back. And he was a track guy in high school. He can fly, but he didn't run exceptionally well at the combine. And so that people kind of raised the eyebrow to that, like, well, wait a second. And I love this guy. He is an explosive dude. And you get the ball in his hands, he's going to make something happen with it. He's a heck of a kick returner, and uh, you can balance out what that actually means, Mark. But Jalen Rager is a guy that I didn't think was ever going to be there at 57, but he could be there at 40. So now you've got guys that are, you know, around at number 40, you go, hey, what about T. Higgins from out of Clemson? What about that guy that, you know, has the ability to go pick it off a guy's head, 6'4", 215, you know, a guy that can be a downfield threat uh, can make the catches on 50-50 balls. There are some guys that just would have never gotten a 57, but are absolutely going to be in play at number 40. And Rager and Chenault and T. Higgins, those are three guys that could potentially be there at number 40 that could be really interesting with the group of wide receivers that are already there. Chenault's the one that I like. He could be fun. I just don't know if you want to take a shot on a guy that's had an injury history the way that he has, though, Mark. Okay, I don't want you to tell anybody else about these guys, especially other NFL teams, <laughs> although I think they might be aware. I'm watching Rager's highlight Maybe. reel right now. It's pretty impressive. All right, Johnny, thanks a lot for the time tonight, and we look forward to uh, visiting again on Monday in week two of quarantine. Absolutely, Mark. Thanks for having me all week, man. Appreciate it. All right, thanks to Johnny, and thanks a lot to Austin for producing tonight. Texans 360 is Saturday night, 11 o'clock on ABC 13. Check that out, and special thanks to everybody at Sports Radio 6 Temporal. Their hard work putting on the shows this week. And uh, look for the content over the weekend on HoustonTexans.com and all the social media network uh, channels on the new players uh, when they get announced soon enough. Very soon. Okay, thanks a lot for listening. Have a great weekend. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Go Texan. This is Whitney Merciless, and you're listening to Texans Radio. Don't touch that dial or else. Ain't no mercy.